Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Good morning, everybody. My name is Layla, and you're listening to a day of prayers morning Bible study. We're glad you could join us this morning as we discuss the word. But before we get into it, let's take a moment and pray. Lord, we just thank you for today, and we thank you for your grace that covers us, Lord, the people in this land, Lord, and our nation, God. We thank you that you see all that is happening in the earth, Lord, and that you are working your marvelous plan of redemption, Lord, and we thank you that we get to be a part of it, Lord. We thank you that you're our provider and that you fill our cups, Lord, and that they're overflowing, Lord, and you seat us in the presence of our enemies, Lord, and there is a table prepared before us, Lord, of which we may take of every good thing that you've set before us, Lord. And we just thank you that you are in control, Lord, and that you bless us, Lord, and that you keep us, Lord, and that the wicked one touches us not. So we just thank you for your goodness and your abundant goodness, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. And amen. Well, good morning and welcome, everybody. Glad to have you with us as we continue our study on the Lord's house. Um, this morning, we're going to jump ahead um, to chapter or to Exodus chapter 30. Um, now, I want to say this because anyone that's been following along with us will notice, hey, that's chapter 29 is where Aaron and his sons get consecrated for the priesthood, and it discusses many of the the offerings that they are required to give, right? Yes. Uh, initially, it talks about their offerings. They were they personally were required to bring an offering. Then it talks in the consecration talks about their cleansing, and then how they are clothed and anointed to do the work, right? And then yes. the yes. numerous offerings, right? The sin offering, the peace offering, consecration offering, wave and heave offerings. Um, there is a number of these offerings. And, and then, of course, it ends with daily offerings, right? But the yes. whole point and purpose of that, again, is it points back to Christ. We're, we are going to cover it. We're just not going to cover it in depth right now because there are more <laughs> furnishings of the tabernacle that we need to get to so we can understand some of these things. I just want to preempt it by saying all of this points back to Christ, right? Christ was anointed as our great high priest, right? And yes. he he himself gave him of him himself and of himself all these offerings for us so we could enter in, right? Which is I'll say yes. the greatest point and purpose of chapter 29. After all these, well, I'll say it in this way, the offerings that even Aaron and his sons brought were, it was still required that they be purified. It, it wasn't enough in and of themselves, right? Yes. There, something greater was required. That something being the offerings to cover them and their sin and, and all those things, right? For the, the yeah. last two verses of chapter 9. I will dwell amongst the children, among the children of Israel, excuse me, and will be their God. And they shall know that I am the Lord their God, who brought them up out of the land of Egypt, 
that I may dwell among them. I am the Lord their God. Mm-hmm. And then as a result of those, of the cleansing, the purification, right? Yes. They are then now able to submit their role, or submit to their role, but conduct what the Lord required of them. All these different sacrifices and offerings for the people. And then there are still more things that are required that go with some of the furnishings, which is why we're going to get to um, here in Exodus chapter 30. And it begins with the altar of incense, which is the next furnishing of the the tent of meeting or the tabernacle. All right? Okay. So could I get a volunteer to read the first 10 verses of Exodus 30, please? I will. All right, LaCharles? You shall make an altar to burn incense on. You shall make it of acacia wood. A cubit shall be its length and a cubit its width. It shall be square and two cubits shall be its height. Its horns shall be of one piece within. And you shall overlay its top, its sides all around and its horns with pure gold. And you shall make it, make for it a molding of gold all around. Two gold rings you shall make for it under the molding on both sides, on both its sides. You shall place them on its two sides and they will be holders for the poles with which to bear it. You shall make the poles of the acacia wood and overlay them with gold. And you shall put it before the veil that is before the ark of the testimony, before the mercy seat that is over the testimony, where I will meet with you. Aaron shall burn on it sweet incense every morning. When he tends the lamps, he shall burn incense on it. And when Aaron lights the lamps at twilight, he shall burn incense on it, a perpetual incense before the Lord throughout your generations. You shall not offer strange incense on it, or a burnt offering, or a grain offering, nor shall you pour a drink offering on it. And Aaron shall make atonement upon its horns once a year with the blood of the sin offering of atonement. Once a year he shall make atonement upon it throughout your generations. It is most holy to the Lord. Amen. So, as we look at the altar of incense, right? Do we notice any similarities that with the other furnishings of the temple that we've been studying and discussing? Mm-hmm. Yes. What do the, you notice? The, um, the mercy seat had horns on it, as well as the altar. You mean the altar? The, the bronze or the brazen altar had mm-hmm. horns? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Not, not the mercy seat that had the cherubim, sir. Well, I have to look at that later. Okay. See which other ones had horns. What else? Oh, I, you can go, Bob. You can go to Charles. Well, Alice, I'm not quite sure. I haven't looked at it, but I think that it's a cubit high and a cubit long. I think that's the exact width of the bronze altar as well. It was. Yeah. Um, I think it was. Bigger. It was a five cubits by five cubits, right? Oh, okay. For length and width, but it was three cubits high. And. But, but what's it made of? What were they made of? Acacia wood overlaid with gold. Okay. Wait, nope. wait. The, the other one was bronze. 
One was bronze. One, but, yes. But the other, like the, the Ark of the Covenant was yes. acacia wood overlaid with gold, had the poles and the rings that were overlaid to be to carry it. Just about all the items like that had poles and rings to carry it properly. Um, but the gold is akin to the Ark of the Covenant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just, you know, the, the contractor coming back in. So there was some, remember <laughs> we talked means, about brother. the altar, the, the specifics needed to dissipate the heat that was mm-hmm. being generated, and the gold would not have withstood that. So that's why we had bronze there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But also for the purpose of it. Um, we, yes, I'm just saying mm-hmm. strictly from from a, a builder's perspective, mm-hmm. it wasn't it wasn't suitable for right. that surprise. God knew what He was doing. <laughs> Spoiler alert! <laughs> he always knows what He's doing. Yes, He does. So, so with this, right, it is also square, right? Didn't we just mm-hmm. talk about that with the ephod? Yes. Or the breastplate, excuse me. The breastplate like the on the ephod. <laughs> yes. Okay, the breastplate, yes. Let me, let me correct myself. <laughs> so it was square, right? Mm-hmm. And so a cubit yes. by a cubit and two cubits high, right? Yes. So, um, so John, we've, we've talked a lot about numbers. Okay. We've talked a lot about materials and represent. We talked about the gold, mm-hmm. right? That represents God's divine nature. Amen. Right? We've talked about the different numbers, right? Five yes. being one for grace as an example. Mm-hmm. What was four? Four has to do with worship, but it's also a or praise and worship, right? But there's also the adjoining of us with the the Godhead. Okay, because four equal sides, but absolutely. Does a square have a representation? Um, I don't know. So heaven, the, well, there is the heavenly representation, right? It is made in a perfect square, and we went over that in Revelation. And and what is the word that we use? To determine if a square is perfect, you'll have to refresh my memory, brother. True. Okay. Is the square true? In other words, is it perfectly mm. aligned at ninety perfect ninety degree angles to each other? Amen. So or is it lying? That, huh? Is it true or is it lying? Right. <laughs> well, I mean, but is it, is it but true? If it's, if, it's yes. an, a, if it's a diamond, you know, if a square isn't at the right angles, it can become a diamond. It can be, you know, shift to other shapes and it's no longer a square. So I right. But if, if mm-hmm. all four corners aren't exactly 90 degrees, then it's considered to be out of true or out of square. Hmm. And so when Amen. something's out of square, mm-hmm. you bring it back true. Nice. Amen. Just, no, that's great. No, but I I thank you for bringing that up. something even deeper. But you know, <laughs> no, no, no. We, I like we, that. It's good to re, to repeat, right? It's a safeguard for us to re, these things that hmm. that the Lord gave to Moses on the on the top of the mountain, right? When he went up for forty days and forty nights the first time, they are a copy of things that are exist in the heavenlies, right? It's a representation for us, so it. It bears repeating. We should repeat it, right? It, if you look throughout the law, the all the prophets, right? He tells them, explain this to the people so that they can understand. So that, yes, it, it's phrased so they can be ashamed, right? But what happens, the being ashamed comes as a result of us now realizing or recognizing how our actions have been in opposition with the Lord and with his instructions, mm-hmm. his commandments, the, the things that he's taught us, right? The, mm-hmm. the Torah is typically translated the law, but it also means the teaching, which goes to Christ, right? And he said, if anyone's willing, he'll understand the teaching, whether 
it comes from God, or if I'm speaking of myself and my own initiative, right? Which even in that, it distinguishes the holy from the common or the profane, mm-hmm. which that that is the reason for the why the Lord told Moses make ensure you make everything according to the pattern, right? Because everything that he was that Moses was required to make had to do with a copy of what already exists in the heavenlies, right? So in heaven, it is holy. What we are doing is making a choice, right? Earth is the choosing ground. So we can either choose to be holy because the Lord is holy or be in opposition. But the Lord, no doubt, is, is purifying his heavenly community. And we have a choice to be able to re-enter or to disqualify ourselves because our choice was to be in opposition to the Lord, which means you do not want to spend eternity with the Lord when all said and done. Hmm. And that is the choice. But there's this interesting thing here, getting back to the to the altar, a slight segue <laughs> deviation there. Right? But it is gold. It's all about the divine nature. But also, where did the the altar of incense sit before the mercy seat right before the veil oh okay entering okay. into the most holy place what was the the role of the high priest uh, to make the you mean specific the to the incense or period just period what was the role of the high priest to be atonement for the people okay to present and, it not to be it well to present or to make present it, it. But again, it's also a representation of Christ, right? Yes. And I think we have to understand a few things here, right? Uh, The first is Hmm. with the incense, the point and purpose of this. So can I get a volunteer to turn to Revelations 5? Revelation 5. And... Another one to turn to Revelation 8. You have five, sir? I have eight. You I have, have eight? five. Okay. You have five. Leo. Oh, all right. Awesome. So Revelation 5. Let me get there myself. Hmm. Can I have, Layla, can I have you read verse 8, please? Mm-hmm. Now when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the twenty-four elders fell down before the Lamb, each having a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. Hmm. Amen. Uh, now, promise, you have Revelation 8? Yes. Can I have you, sir, please read verses 3 through 5? Yes. Then another angel, having a golden censer, came and stood at the altar. He was given much incense that he should offer it with the prayers of all the saints upon the golden altar, which was before the throne. In the, in the smoke of the incense, with the prayers of the saints, ascended before God from the angel's hand. Then the angel took the censer, filled it with fire from the altar, and threw it to the earth. And there were noises, thunders, Thunderings, lightnings, and an earthquake. Mm-hmm. 
So we're talking about the altar of incense and how it is a, a copy of things that already exist in the heavenlies. So there are bowls on here, right? Mm -hmm. Even on the altar of incense that the Lord, in the instructions the Lord gave to Moses, right? Is a representa representation, excuse me, of things that are exist in the heavenlies, and specifically prayers for the saints, right? Yes. yes. The yeah. the twenty four elders that stand before the throne are holding bowls, which are the prayers for the saints. There was the angel that you read a promise, who had a a censer full of much incense. There wasn't even a limit. And he had the prayers of the saints. These were before, again, the altar of incense was before the entry into the most holy place. So the role of the great high priest is to pray for the saints, right? Mm -hmm. But also let's look at the word incense. So as I there's, the, there's an aspect of prayer here, and then there's an aspect of what incense is and means, right, in relation to us. Does anybody know what the definition of incense is? I don't. No. All right, this is right out of Webster, Merriam-Webster. There's two meanings, actually. It is a... Uh, a material used to produce a fragrant odor when burned. The perfume exhaled from spices and gums when burned. Or pleasing attention. Right? Actually, there are three. So that is that's the first, I'll say, definition. Um, there are two as a verb. One is to apply or offer incense to or perfume with incense. The second, and we, so you can see the full spectrum here. To arouse the extreme anger or indignation of, or to cause a passion or emotion to become aroused. Oh, so for someone to become incensed. Exactly. Mm -hmm. do, you, do you not see that with what we just read in Revelation? There is There are the prayers offered for the saints. But what are the prayers being offered for? And only the Lord truly knows. But let's look at our own lives and our own prayer time with the Lord. Do we not pray for grace and mercy and, and the Lord to bless people and to cover them and their wickedness and right? Yes. And protect them and to keep them and absolutely. And in interceding, there are also prayers for justice. Mm. Righteousness and justice. Yes? Yes. Amen. But because of the Lord's love and because he is righteous, he is just, he is holy, right? Yes. He will act on behalf of our prayers. Now, let's understand the order and the pattern. We are to say what the Lord says to say and do what the Lord says to do, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. So, do prayers move the Lord? No. Yes, they do. However, it's not just because we feel like praying. The Lord is supposed to give us, or we ask the Lord, what should we pray about or what should we pray for? Mm -hmm. What do I, In other words, Lord, what do I ask you for? And he will give it to you. And then because he gives it to you, now you're, you pray the prayer of faith. And as a result of that, now the Lord is 
I'll say, you've given the freedom for him to, or, to, or to allow his Holy Spirit to move and to send the ministering angels to move on our behalf. Does, that, does everybody get that? Yes. Yes. You have a question, brother? Well, just a, just a couple of things. Yes. Um, so first off, um, you know, as you're jumping and saying, you know, what does incense mean? You know, what am I going to do? Absolutely. Go to the interlinear, in, inter- which I enjoy. Yes. Yeah, so if we look at the original word there, it's uh, ketereth, mm-hmm. um, and it means smoke or odor, uh, sacrifice or incense. But it's interesting. Its origin mm-hmm. is from Qatar, which means fumigation. Mm-hmm. And when I think of fumigation, I think about a full permeating of an entire space mm-hmm. that no area escapes it. Absolutely. Yes, full and absolute. And then, of course, I was um, thinking of... I've always thought of the altar of incense is um, specifically the smoke or the aroma as a covering over us. Cause, um, and so I went looking, and uh, Isaiah 65, 5 talks about, um, mm-hmm. there's other places, but you know, your, your, your sins or the people have become a stench Absolutely. in my nostrils. Mm-hmm. Right? So apart from God, that's what we are, mm-hmm. a stench in his nostrils. So we need a covering of the incense, especially as the— Absolutely. And we haven't gotten there yet, but in this same chapter, Exodus 30, there are two sections, right? Because on the altar of incense is where the holy anointing oil was placed, right? There was anointing oil and there was the holy incense. We haven't covered that yet, but that's what was placed on this, this altar. And there are detailed instructions, of course. We know our God's a God of details. And there is real life, real world application and meaning. Um, we are going to get to that um, probably in the next one because you know there's uh, well there'll be a part two of this, no doubt. But um, again, the the for the altar of incense, first and foremost, it, it's a copy of the heavenly things that are exist in the heavenlies. It is talking about Jesus and the divine nature, right? Mm-hmm. And how it applies to us today. But there's one thing to cover with how it applies to Christ, right? It was not the role of any priest to come and I'll say put the the oil and the spices on this, the incense. It was the job of the high priest, right? Do we see that? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Yes. So, the high priest... Was first praying for him, to, and then once a year, right? There's the four horns, which if you go to, I lost my place, but it's in Kings, First Kings, one. Can you read fifty through fifty three? I can read it. Well, please, first, honey, honey. Is it First Kings? First Kings. Chapter 1, verses 50 through 53, please. Now Adonijah was afraid of Solomon, so he arose and went and took hold of the horns of the altar. And it was told Solomon, saying, Indeed, Adonijah is afraid of King Solomon, for look, he has taken hold of the horns of the altar, saying, Let King Solomon swear to me today that he will not put his servant to death with the sword. Then Solomon said, If he proves himself a worthy man, not one hair of him shall fall to the earth. But if wickedness is found in him, he shall die. 
So King Solomon sent them to bring him down from the altar, and he came and fell down before King Solomon. And Solomon said to him, go to your house. Okay, thank you, honey. honey. You're welcome, my love. So, promise, you brought up how on the bronze altar, there were also horns, right? Yes. Where was the bronze altar? Oh, I believe in the court. Outside, in the outer court. Correct. The altar of incense, which also has horns, is inside the holy place, right before the entrance or the veil to the most holy place. And the horns represented what? As we just read, or your mother just read? It was a safety for the people. If they had committed a sin, they could grab the horns of the altar and there was safety provided in the 48, well, six of the 48 cities. Six of the 48 cities were cities of refuge. The 48 cities were the cities that were given to the, the priesthood, the Levites, right? Six of those were for uh, cities of refuge. So if someone committed a crime, they could run there, grab on the horns of the altar, and then the priesthood would investigate, right? To search the matter out and ensure that they weren't lying about it, right? So it's a covering. And then once a year, also, the priest, the high priest, would sprinkle the blood on the horns, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. No, I was just, you, you, you kind of got it when you said that if they make sure they weren't lying. That, that is key, right? They would investigate the matter. Right, they would search an, it out. And Adonijah there was, was in, in fact, sin. Yes. Yes, which doesn't last very long before he ends up within his demise either. Right. Uh, Abishag, right? I believe so. Yeah, I'd have he, to, he I'd asked have to really for Abishag, David's. Yep. Yeah. So, but there is a, so it all goes back to this, right? to a court style system, right? Where let's see, let's weigh the matter out. What does the evidence say? And the Lord knows everything, right? So nothing's hidden from him. So there's prayers offered, right? Yes. But you see the difference in, well, there's sacrifice given in the form of flesh, right? Because that's what was required on the outer court. So we could enter into the holy place Right? Yes. And then because of what Christ did and he offered prayers for the saints, we can now enter the most holy place. There is a difference. Sacrifice is not required here because there was one sacrifice, right? Yes. Now, again, this was done by the high priest. What is John 17? Speaking of Jesus, that is what's typically referred to as the high priestly prayer jesus does follows the same pattern as it were that the high priest would have to go through offering prayers for himself and then for the people right the first five verses jesus is praying for himself in verse six he begins praying for his disciples and then in verse 20 he begins praying for Everyone, any, everyone that would ever believe in his name. Now, one big difference 
Yes, honey. And, and the prayer that Jesus prayed from the high priest's prayer was the high priest had to pray for their own sins. Absolutely. Jesus had, did not. They had to make an offering for their own sins to cover themselves, and then they also had to pray for themselves and in covering of their sins. But Jesus was perfect. Absolutely. Is perfect. And so that is a, a very clear distinction. Well, um, that's also why you notice in the, what's typically referred to as the high priestly prayer, he's not making, seeking the Lord for forgiveness for his sins. Mm-hmm. He's just stating, look, I glorified you in this, and I did this, and, and I honored your name, and right, and I know you sent me, right? It is, is a very different kind of prayer. Absolutely. As opposed to what the a normal, a traditional mm-hmm. high priest would have to pray. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to say that just to make that clear. Um, we, we see later in scripture that there is a distinction made clearly about Absolutely. he is the high priest forever. But unlike the natural high priest, the spiritual high priest, Jesus, the perfected one, did not have to make atonement or offering for his own sin. And that's why he's the priest forever before God. Absolutely. So I just wanted to put that you know, in there as we're... <laughs> and, and that's that's actually what we're going to talk about next, honey, was okay. um, how uh, it's in Hebrews 9. It really is all of chapter 9, mm-hmm. but you can bring it to from verse 6 to through 10, right? Mm-hmm. Um, how Paul, the Apostle Paul is writing and saying, hey, look, there are these, this is typically how these things are prepared in the process. And, right, and the high priest would, would do these things, but it's a this was a different kind of ministry, right? Um, so, uh, if you're wanting to search that out in greater depth and detail, Hebrews nine is where you, you can find that. Um, but I know we're we're coming up on time, so we're going to pause there, and we will continue in the next episode. All right. Mm-hmm. So, okay. could I get a volunteer to close this out in prayer, please? I will. All right. Promise. Lord, I just thank you for today. Just thank you for helping us just be forgiven, Lord. Lord, I also just thank you for just providing us your plans so that we can do it correctly, Lord. Mm-hmm. In the name of Jesus, amen. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. We love you. God bless you. And have a wonderful day. We hope you've enjoyed listening to A Day of Prayer's Morning Bible Study. This year, Pastor John and I are believing for 1,000 new partners to believe God with us and join in the work of the ministry. God is doing great things through A Day of Prayer, and we want you to be a part. If the Lord has placed on your heart to partner with us, please contact us online at adayofprayer.org. Click on the menu and select Partner. Complete the form, and we'd love to hear from you. Thank you again. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, take care and God bless you.